Hello, Wilder Tria listeners. I'm, we're all back. I'm here with Kelly Surtees and Cassandra Tyndall, and we're here to bring you all the astrology for quite a big week. This is the week beginning the 6th of January, 2020. We're here, we're in it. And yeah, how are you gals both? How's, how's life? Well, we're all on the same continent this time. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I just That's flew exciting. back into Australia last night, which is very exciting. Very exciting. Are you happy yeah. to have us all closer together, Cass? Always. What can I say? <laughs> the gang's back together. <laughs> That's really the only time I get sentimental, apart from my son, but, you know, for a good what, 15 years now it's been you girls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So it is always exciting. Totally. How, about, how are you girls going? How are you, Leash? Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to, well, you know, we're pre-recording, so I'm looking forward to a bit of a break. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to this week because this is the week we actually do catch up in the flesh, ready that's for the it. retreat. Yes. Mm. Yes. This yes. is like the start, the restart after the holiday break. Yep. Yep. Although I, I don't think it's going to feel like a restart for most people. <laughs> I think Not we're all going to be, feel a bit like you, Kel, in jet lag. Yes, in this, I am in this. a little jet lag today. What did you yeah. say, Leash, before we started? Like the, the bardo, the, the tunnel or something? Yeah, the bardo period between eclipses that I think um, Demetra George refers to and Austin Kopic as well, that kind of weird time tunnel of like, what day is it? What year is it? Where am I? Who am I? Kind yeah. of sense between that solar eclipse. That happened on Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and then that um, the one that's happening this week, the lunar eclipse. So, but before yeah. that, you've got something to tell us about, don't you, Kel? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping straight in, yeah. I'm, well, I'm. I know there's a lot going on this week, and we will get into that. But I am excited about the Jupiter South Node aspect, which is happening Wednesday, January eighth, in Canada and the States, and I think that's Thursday, January 9th for you for Australia for you gals. We'll all be here together, actually. I shouldn't say for you gals for us in Australia. <laughs> um, so I like this for a few reasons. One, it's the last of the quote unquote Marie Kondo type aspects that we've been dealing with for about a year now, as the planets of their, you know, Saturn and we've had the sun and all the other faster moving planets move over the south node there. And that's created a big energy to do with uh, release and letting go, literally, that purging or that purifying. It's a very cathartic type of energy, I think, the South Node. And it's a good chance to let go of things. Uh, many of us have let go of stuff physically, but I think psychologically or emotionally or energetically, we've been letting go of uh, fear or old thought patterns, even old habits that have been draining us. So I think that's, and so it's good to do that, but it's also nice to know we're coming to the end of that process, I think, which is really good. And the second reason that I look forward to this is one of the takes on the South Node in the Indian tradition of astrology is that it has a spiritualizing influence. So it tends to shift our perspective onto more ex um, ex existential type topics rather than material accumulative type topics. And I'm really curious to experience Jupiter going over the South Node just to see how that brings through perspective or beliefs or philosophies or even ideologies for each of us individually that kind of then become the foundation for our choices going forward. So it's a little bit of like getting inspired so that we can have a, a meta framework or a more meaningful point of view to put our life into, if you like. So I think that can be 
potentially a bit bigger than we expect. And when you shift your perspective, it does force you to question things you've been doing for a while, why you're doing certain things. And then, of course, you know, it's happening at the start of the year, whether you want to keep doing those things or whether you want to shake things up. So, yeah, that's the aspect that I'm quite curious about for this week. Yeah. Um, What do you guys think about this one? Have you um, got similar thoughts or different thoughts about it? Yeah, I definitely do have um, similar thoughts. And, you know, as we mentioned at the start, this is something we're pre-recording. So um, what I have noticed in the lead up to, you know, Christmas and the holiday season overall is that people are either opting to not do gifts Mm -hmm. or I've seen a lot of gift vouchers. Even in my own business, plenty of gift vouchers have come through. Other people are buying tickets to things or things that you can do together. I feel that the whole Capricorn energy and I guess a way to sort of bookmark the end of a massive cleansing Capricorn type of year, it really has been a a feeling of less stuff, more experience um, as opposed to just, you know, the five-minute pleasure and then in the bin, so to speak. So I think that will probably be an energy that, you know, of course will uh, permeate the week, but also I guess the year moving forward being, you know, this sort of sets the tone for how we can get more of that Jupiter growth through uh, less or through, I guess, I know I've said this before, and it is really one of my favourite things right now is in order to get something or obtain something, which is a bit Jupiter, whether that is physical, material or experiential, you know, coming from a ground zero point, what do I already have that can get me to that next level or go to that next place? And I love the, this is a real uh, resourceful type of energy too, where we're not just riding on a wing and a prayer, it's creating something from what we may already have um, to move forward or to get more, whatever that more might mean for you, more perspective or, or more joy or for some, it might just be more material goals too. So I think this will be a very kind of nice grounded energy for, for Jupiter, um, if it can get any more grounded right now. But, it, you know, from a grounded point that it can bounce back up from or um, creating that nice platform from where you can then springboard from whatever your Jupiter or your Capricorn stuff is for 2020. Um, Lishi, do you have any ideas around this? Yeah, I agree with both of you. And I loved the spiritual aspect you were talking about, Kel. And it just reminds me a lot of the the Buddhist and the Tao, the idea of detachment, mm. yeah. of not being attached to physical things and realising that, I don't know, there's this sense of when we are colourless, when we are not attached too much to relationships or physical things, we can actually just be in the flow and we can allow things to come through us. It's like we can be coloured by things by being colourless. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but it's that sense of when we can let go of expectations, of judgment on ourselves and on others, then we can allow things to be as they are and we can have respect for what the situation is and we can honour what is needed. And I think these are very important Capricorn ideals that... um, we can just be with where things are right now and not have to be worried about, well, you know, I didn't get the the present that I wanted or I didn't get the, um, achieve the success I thought I would in 2019. Um, it's like, okay, well, this is the reality. This is where I am. Where do I want to move from for here? And how can I let go of my 
you know, that that monkey mind or that ego noise that may be going, but you should be this or you should be that. It's like there's no shoulds in this situation. There just is what there is. And, and that allows what you were talking about, Cass. It's like, okay, come into this situation, have a look at what I've actually got and grow from here. Um, I remember once when I was in India doing a yoga retreat kind of thing and I, every morning I had to walk from where I was staying along a pathway between houses and there was a family living there in a, in a tent that had nothing. And every morning I'd stop and say hello and, and kind of play with the kids for a little while. And on the last morning I was coming through, they offered me a bowl of rice for my breakfast. And the friend who was with me, who was an Indian girl, she said, please eat it because they have this is their way of respecting who you are and what you've brought and how you've wanted to connect. And yes, they may not be able to afford it and it may take from their rice for the day, but they wanted to honour you. And that's that's all they had to do it. And I was just, I, I was that, that simplicity and that importance and that respect of connection mm. and that they gave from nothing, um, but they still wanted to give. There's that sense of that Jupiter in Capricorn. It's like, I still want to give, I'll give what I can. You know, they didn't have anything else to honour me with. So that's what they wanted to do, give this bowl of rice because um, that's what they had. So yeah, there's that sense of just doing coming from where you've got and, mm. and but that respect and that honouring that comes with the Capricorn energy. So, yeah, that's my sense. I love it. I mean, that's a really beautiful point of view too, like giving what you can. I think generosity is such a big Jupiter word and, you know, Jupiter on the south node, there there is a quality of like Jupiter is quite depleted here. It's already a little depleted in the sign of Capricorn and then the south node is like I've either given everything already and I don't have a lot left but there is, I, I love that story, Leash, of like just this is what I can give, so I will give you that and, and make an offering and an honouring with that. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's the south node and it, it feels in many ways that it's kind of leading on from that south node eclipse and this is the turning point. I mean, yes, we had the sun conjunct the south node last week, but it feels like this is that last trigger to that south node so we can be ready to move into the north node. Which the... is happening in just a couple of days. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So you were going to talk about the lunar eclipse, weren't you, cats? Yeah, I was actually. So <laughs> the, the lunar eclipse, um, you know, when we reflect back on this eclipse cycle, poor old Cancer has been a little bit overshadowed. So uh, the Capricorn pool has just been so strong. So we've only just really had a little glimpse of, I think, you know, my opinion, little glimpses of North Node potential here. But now Jupiter's just had, you know, his big bang on the South Node. We're now moving into uh, a lunar eclipse. And so we can get to the other side, the Cancer side, which is about the nurturing and the caring and less about the material uh, perspectives. And a lunar eclipse is always a little bit more dramatic. It's a little bit more emotional um, and gives us that opportunity to look to the other part of, of our charts and of our lives that oppose that Capricorn energy. I think sometimes when we look at eclipses, it can be really beneficial to also um, start, uh, you know, look at the, the houses that are activating across your chart. And this is the pull to the other side. So where you may feel some drainage or leakage or depletion this is the other part of your life where you've got that opportunity to fill your cup 
Um, so I'm personally uh, looking forward to that um, and, you know, just to have a little bit of, I guess, a reprieve or a break from the Capricorn um, uh, crazy, which is kind of what it's been, and just having that beautiful uh, full moon relatively close to the north node there, there is a little bit of a, climp, a glimpse or a portal uh, into the future. Now, I often find that sometimes with eclipses, you know, it is that kind of, you know, time that doesn't feel fully uh, tangible. It's a different feel, as we've already mentioned a few times. And so um, it's sort of like the the full moon on the north node is like a, a push forward or a um, I sometimes feel like it's a cosmic hand, like an invisible hand that's pushing you in a direction where perhaps there's been a lot of energy or focus on. It's almost the idea of um, you know, hope or positivity on the other side. And I know eclipses aren't really about hope or positivity, but, you know, with the full moon in Cancer on the North Node, um, there is, and I guess the moon is sort of shadowing the sun here. So she's taking prime and center stage um, and does offer a, a little bit of hope perhaps around or potential around the cancer side of of your life so um what do you girls think about this one well i do always like <clears throat> the eclipse vibes i love what both of you are saying about that kind of bardo liminal in between space because you know the the light of the moon, the, the idea of the eclipse is that idea of the being covered or being blocked temporarily. And I always find when the obvious light gets blocked, there is sort of internal subtle things, you know, things that are kind of in the shadows that we don't normally see when there's a bright light calling mm. out. Like, you know, the full moon, it pulls focus like a bright light in a room. But when that goes off, you can see things that are only otherwise at the edge of your awareness. So, I do think, and this is more sort of from an experiential kind of intuitive perspective, but I think there is the opportunity to check in or become aware of things that we might normally not tap into. Mm. And, yeah, I think what you're saying, Cass, about the cancer, like the this is different to Capricorn. It's like the complete opposite, just literally. And one thing I've been noticing throughout the last 12 months or so as the moon has been joining with the north node in cancer has it's created this beautiful energy about spotlighting people and communities or connections that are about how you're going to move forward so it's like those alliances mm. or collaborations that are, where people are on the same wavelength or you're like passionate about the same things we might you know dare i even say there's that sense of like destiny of let's work together on this thing so i'm really interested this feels a bit of a like a peak in those sort of moon north node cancer kind of themes of who's the tribe who's the community where's that feeling of belonging and connection and how is that nurturing growth that is like is it that, that nourishment feeling for all of yeah. us mm. yeah so um i know it's dramatic and it's an eclipse and and all of the things but i'm secretly kind of looking forward to it it almost feels like a soothing eclipse or a balm to the problems yeah. like there is that's you know i mentioned the hope kind of situation a few times and maybe that wasn't quite the right adjective but I think just any pull from the Capricorn energy is yeah, going, like to, feel, <laughs> is going yeah. to feel like, um, you know, a little bit, I guess, lubricating or uh, soothing at some level. So, you know, the moon in her fullness, in her home sign, mm -hmm. on the north node, those are qualities that aren't, you know, I'm, I'm going to hedge my bets on that. So, <laughs> yeah, 
it'll be uh, a bit nicer than the solar eclipse, I shall imagine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My sense of it is too that, you know, yes, there'll be the emotions there and, and things will come up, but it's like if we've detached from all this stuff, you know, to do with the south node, it's like well, what attachments can we now form? You know, cancer's the family. Cancer's that the home, you know, that that nurturing vibe and often can be about the mother. You know, I always think about the uterus and the waters of the uterus with cancer. It's like that protection that the mother creates in her body to grow the, so the child can grow within it. And so the first attachment we often make is to the mother through her nervous system. So this is like, okay, well, we've let go of a lot of attachments that don't work for us, whether they're relationships that don't work for us or um, work situations or material attachments, what attachments can we now make Mm. that are a lot more informed, a lot more conscious that will support us into the future, into Mm. the direction that we want to go in? And I know that this can be, you know, it's not like the South Node's a a bad malevolent point and the North Node's a good one. It, It doesn't work like that. But I do know that the North Node is that chance to where we want to strive towards, where we want to push towards, where we want, where we things that we hunger for, that we want to be satiated with, and it's like you can't. We, you know, we know what we look at the world around us. We see what happens when we strive too much for abundance. Things get out of control. But it's like where in your life, in that cancer area right now, could do with that abundance, could do with those, those attachments that will support us and nurture and nourish us. I do also really want to highlight this eclipse because I'm still seeing it around all the time. This is not an intention setting energy. Eclipses are not mm. about setting intentions for the future. This will still be about purging and purifying and letting go, same as the South Node eclipse. Um, so, you know, that's why I, yeah, I can't, I'm, I'm seeing it everywhere. Yeah, use this oh. eclipse as a chance to set intentions. No, please don't because yeah. you just don't know. Eclipses are too crazy and mm. things can really fly back at you in a way that you don't want. You may get what you want and realise that it's so no, not what you want or it may come with a side dish of crazy that you have to deal with to be able to use what mm. you got. So, yeah, I just want to emphasise that point there. And I guess given the time of year that these eclipses are taking place, it can already be a a sensitised season for many people. Mm. And I know we all have our own uh, individual social media bubbles, depending on our individual algorithms and what happens. But I know at least with some of the accounts that I follow on Instagram in particular, uh, there's a, been a lot of themes this year about trauma, uh, ancestry, mm. um, uh, 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 genetic healing and, of course, reparenting. So, um, you know, healing the old wounds and reparenting yourself. And I think with this eclipse in cancer is an opportunity to perhaps do some of that uh, maybe inner child work, um, perhaps some of the your own reparenting things. I know myself personally when I need to do a little bit of that, I often go back to the uh, the food I loved when I was a kid, you know, and I bake that stuff or I eat that stuff. And uh, I don't know, that's just my thing. But, you know, whatever it is, you know, if you always wanted to dance as a kid and you never got to do that or whatever it is. So that's what I come back to that idea of, of nurturing and care. And that could either be on your own if that's what you need to do or, as you said, Kel, with your tribe or your clan or whoever uh, is family to you. So there is that opportunity to set 
I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to say new intentions because I don't think it's the right energy to do that, but perhaps to recalibrate um, the way you view family or the connections you already have or perhaps gain some new perspective or some new um, ideas around that moving forward. Yep. How you bring in the care, how you bring in the compassion, how you bring in the empathy. Yeah. those things as well, especially towards ourselves, because often we're our own worst critics. So I know that we all follow the holistic psychologist and there's another lady, Dr. Rebecca Ray. They both put some awesome things on there about all that stuff you're talking about, Cass, and inner child, mm. attachment patterns, you know, boundaries. And this is another thing about ca- cancer. This is, this is the ability to say no, you know, set up that boundary so you can protect and grow something, say yes to it being able to grow up. So, you know, this has been another theme about this whole of this year is boundaries. Where do mm. you need to set them? What do you need to do? And with Mercury so tangled up in this eclipse and, you know, so much a part of it, I feel like we will really be able to speak out the messages or perhaps hear the messages from other people as a part of this too. Um, There'll be a lot of communication around this. Yeah, I can't help but think all the reparenting healing work is so connected to the strong Cancer Capricorn axis that has been Mm. so heavily... You know, because it's, it's like the the tenderness, the inner child, the emotional stuff, which is all moon, cancer, and then also the boundaries. You know, I, I always think of the yeah. boundaries as like the Capricorn, Saturn, and, and where do we where do we stay soft and supple, but where do we need to be firm? And I mean, you guys both have kids. Um, I've got nieces and nephews. It's it's that weird dance between giving all the love, but sometimes having to set those boundaries or say no. Um, but the and that's what love looks like. Well, it's Actually, totally, yeah. yeah. I think we forget sometimes that um, boundaries are such a critical, necessary part of any kind of love, basically. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know as the to- the cancer of the group, um, you know, and my friendships and things that haven't lasted the distance, whether it was this year, last century, whatever, um, it's those people that didn't call bullshit when they saw it, you know, and I think that, that tough love is the cancer way. And um, mm-hmm. and I, uh, my grandmother had a cancer moon and I've been re-watching Outlander and they said a similar, <laughs> th- <laughs> they said a similar thing in one of their episodes. I, um, it's like my, my nana always used to say, I can say what I want about my own family, but heaven help anybody else who tries to. Yeah. Yep. So it, it is that sort of... Um, yeah, I think cancer has its own kind of bit of skewed boundary. You know, if you're in the circle, you're in the circle, but if you're out, then you're not uh, out. And um, and I think that's the thing, like being able, you know, the communication, the mercury piece, that is really the key with the, the boundaries or what have you. And like saying no to my son, for example, who's also a cancer, I'm saying no because... Yeah. So they don't just hear no and hear rejection mm-hmm. and feel rejection. It's I'm saying no because, you know, mummy wants to spend her money on something more special rather than this thing yeah. you just want right now or whatever it is. So, yeah, I think that's the, the, being the tenderness to show the care rather than just erecting the, the Saturnian wall and keeping everybody out. Let them in but um, tell them why mm. you're not getting the thing, you know, or um, I can't do this for you right now. I'm not buying you that, whatever it is. So, 
Yeah, it's such it's such a big thing. It's changing this year. the relationship between the two rather than having either happening in extremes. Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know how I mean we've all had those situations in our life where um we break up with somebody and then all our friends in quotation marks say, Oh, we never really liked him or her anyway. And then like, well, that would have helped in the early days, you know what I mean? I may not have listened to you and done the thing anyway, but I would have appreciated it in hindsight, you know? And I think we've all kind of had those situations where it felt it wouldn't might have heard at the time, but if they were a real friend that you would have survived that that situation. So I remember, I think it was maybe your 27th birthday, Kel, we were having an Indian dinner in Sydney yes. And yeah. Leash, Leashy and I started having this heated debate. Well, what to other people might have seemed a bit heated. <laughs> and the Aries little, moon and the Libra moon. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> and don't, don't forget the Mars and Venus too. Yeah. Um, so, and I, one of your other friends, Kel, came back to you and said, oh, my God, I can't believe your friends, you know, they could have this really respectful differing opinion and bouncing off each other and I think that's probably you know as a part of our water trio we can do those flows and understand our waters go in different directions sometimes and not taking uh, things so personally Mm. and I think that's where we do get mucked up in family dynamics or friendship dynamics is and that's where the boundaries can really help where you take that you know the pause and the step back and like um is is this actually true or is just my mind telling telling me that you know and that it's you know triggering something from the past or something yeah. that's unhealed within us and um it really when we feel that anxiety or that desire to to win the argument or whatever it's really more than just just the argument itself and i think totally. that was something that we could just really do for each other but we don't all have those kind of connections where we, we have that le- de- le- uh, level of honesty. Yeah. So, um, and I think this eclipse can perhaps get us back to that place with the people who are inside our circles. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm. And this is the thing, you know, having that Mercury Kazemi there too. So the Mercury Kazemi is what, about four hours, literally. It, it's exact four hours beforehand. Yeah. So it's going to be happening yeah. right, you know, through this whole thing with the eclipse. Exactly what you're talking about there, Cass. I've seen a number of situations in this year where the generation gap is so big these days that the younger generation are getting frustrated with the older generation because they're stuck in their thinking. And the older generation is saying the younger generation's too, um, you know, not thinking about consequences enough or they're, you know, distracted all the time. But that respectful piece that you're talking about with which Mercury in Capricorn can do is the idea of how can we connect in a way that has respect and has understanding and has empathy that all of us can then still agree to disagree but at least listen, at least try and have some understanding, at least try and come from that place where it's like, you know, for example, a younger, a granddaughter arguing with her grandfather who she sees as racist, for example. You know, he grew mm-hmm. up in a in a time and an era where that was what it was and he may be struggling his hardest to not be, but if the young granddaughter's going rah, 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 you know, it, it's like mm. he's only going to get on the defensive. So it's like how can your messages be honest, honouring and respectful? Um, and 
also bring some wisdom. You know, this mm. is that, you know, the maturity and maturity because the grandfather also has a massive amount of life experience he could share with her around other issues. But if she chooses to just get upset around that particular facet of her grandfather and his life, she'll miss out on a lot and vice versa. If he's not respecting where she's coming from and seeing that the new way of doing is a lot better for everybody, then he'll lose sight of that too. So it's, I don't know, this is, I think it's an important piece of this Mercury Kazemi is just respectful dealings, honest dealings, simple, simple words of trying not to push things onto somebody else too much, but just really thinking about where they're at, where they're at um, and, and honouring that. So, yeah. Interesting. I like What about that. you girls? Kel? Um, yeah, Mercury Kazemi, so what is it, like 19 degrees Capricorn, 20. Yeah. Oh, 19. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Friday in the States and Canada, Saturday in Australia, as you said, like just yeah. before the eclipse. Um, I always like Mercury Kazemi for getting some clear ideas, getting some mm. good insights. It's not stuff. It's not a lot of external stuff I find, but it tends to bring me some inner clarity. Oh, I'm like, oh, that's how I'm going to handle that situation. Or this is the decision I'll make around this. So it's a little bit of that kind of, um, I mean, you know, the planet is dark, but it's a sense of, you know, the inside or the ideas or the seed planting that's going to guide me in the days and weeks ahead. So I like to try and keep a little notebook handy on Mercury Kazemi days just to, you know, jot down any um, clarifying ideas or thoughts that I have. Um, but I do think, I mean, in general, communication is such a big theme this week with, you know, um, Mercury Kazemi, but Mercury, of course, touching into all the other stuff that's going on. So I do think, you know, communication is really big focus. Um, what about you, Cass? Yeah, I always love a good Mercury Kazemi. Um, I agree with you around the uh, inner sort of light bulb moments, but also from a practical perspective, I find it can be really a great opportunity to send that email or have that conversation you've been avoiding or, um, you know, do that thing that you might have been procrastinating on about. I feel like it's a real little mini window of opportunity where uh, communication or Mercury-style issues can kind of be supercharged or really um, uh, re really quite favourable. Um, and they may not necessarily be, I mean, I know it myself, I've sent an email, you know, to for an important email and not expecting a favourable answer out of it and then lo and behold, few weeks later, a few days later, whatever happens, I get a better outcome than what I anticipated. Um, mm. If it meant I had to have a tricky conversation about an invoice or money I'm owed or I want to, you know, want to negotiate that thing or whatever it is, um, I find that that can be uh, a helpful thing. And I just think, you know, given the time of year it's occurring, the sign that it's in, it might also really be helpful just to get some inner clarity around structures or procedures or even just your calendar about how you want to approach 2020 um, and just, you know, organising your life in a, in a sense. So um, I think that's kind of like a little window of um, potential in this week that's kind of like in a funny zone, a bit of a twilight zone, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, because then Mercury then leads there from there into the Saturn Pluto mm. conjunction because it will it will conjunct both those planets before it heads there. Now we're not going to be taught we are aware that the Saturn Pluto conjunction is on Sunday, but we've already spent a whole episode talking about this. So at the end of this episode there will be a link to click to watch that or just have a look for um if you're on listening to this on a podcast, just a search for Saturn-Pluto conjunction with the water trio and you'll be able to get that episode and listen to that to get a really deep dive into what that energy is. So, yeah. So, girls, did you have anything you wanted to share about this week? Um, I'm like, oh, it's the first week back, isn't it? So uh, I'm going to be teaching in Sydney on Saturday, January 11th. So if anybody is in Sydney and wants to come along and do some year ahead planning with astrology, I'll be teaching about the technique of annual perfections, as well as looking at the year ahead transits. And that info will be on my website, kellysastrology.com. What about you gals? Leishi? Um, I am, oh, I think I've got like one client consult space left for this week and then we've got our retreat so I'm just super looking forward to that and then at the end of that week I'm actually away for the next few weeks so I'm heading off on a big road trip this is uh last week of work for you isn't it for a bit of a summer holiday yeah, I'm actually leaving the day of the eclipse to go and spend some time with family and friends who are like family. So uh, mm, not excellent. sure if leaving on the day of eclipse is a good idea, but hey, it's I'm going to roll with the punches on that. So yeah, that's for me. What about you, Cass? Well, of course, it's the water retreat. Water, I can't even talk today. Water trio retreat week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, client consults and things like that, but there's a lot in the pipeline for January. So stay tuned for that. Cool. All right. Well, wishing everyone a happy Eclipse Bardo yes. week of crazy hope, hopefully it's mm. settled and not as crazy as it could be. Shifting and, um, perspectives this week for sure. Yeah, totally. A big yeah. turning point. All right. We'll see you later. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Bye.